You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. Start your For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host. Let's go up there and have a good day, all right, bud. Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. It's 11 a.m. here on WGR Sports Radio 550, and welcome to the Daytona 500 edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening, as always, and happy Daytona Day. Yes, I know Fox doesn't use that for their campaigns, but it's so darn catchy. I'm still using it. Happy Daytona Day. Happy Daytona 500. Happy start to the 2020 NASCAR Cup Series season. And we're talking about it with you here this morning on WGR Sports Radio 550, our second show of the season. Welcome to the program. Hope you have a great race day. we got a great show lined up for you on this Daytona 500 day. Uh, coming up at the quarter past the hour, we're going to go live to Daytona and talk to a good friend of mine, Tim Packman, who is back on the uh, beat, so to speak, uh, as he is helping cover the events down in Speed Weeks over the past week or so for KickingTheTires.net. We're going to go live out to Daytona, check in with Tim and get the uh, latest on what's going on at the track this morning and uh, what he has seen and covered throughout the uh, last week and a half or so. He's been uh, on dispatch down there at Daytona since last week with uh, qualifying in the Bush Clash and then Thursday's dual races, the truck race on Friday, the Xfinity race yesterday, and everything that's gone on already this morning out there at the World Center of Racing, the Daytona International Speedway. So we'll check in with Tim at quarter past the hour. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, and I think I alluded to this last week, um, this year is different for NASCAR, for those of us living here in New York State, because it's the first NASCAR season where we could legally place a wager on a NASCAR race and not have to either go to another state, uh, go to Canada, uh, use the wink, wink, nudge, nudge app or website you use. Uh, you can legally, you know, from where I sit, go about, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes to the north or 20 minutes to 30, 20 to 30 minutes west of where I am and place a bet on a NASCAR race. And that's the first time you've been able to do that legally in New York State. So uh, I thought we'd spend some time talking about betting in NASCAR, and we're going to do that with Brant James from bookies.com. Brant has covered racing for the likes of uh, ESPN and USA Today. He's worked for IndyCar. We've had Brant on the show a number of times throughout our uh, time here on the air, and uh, Brant now uh, covers the sports betting world for bookies.com, so we're going to check in with Brant at the bottom of the hour, and I'm not a big gambler, but the the whole possibility of it doing nice and legal and easy without having to jump through a lot of hoops has intrigued me. And I've even started placing a few, I placed a few bets at the end of the NFL season just for fun. And it's uh, something I don't want to become too attached to, but I do find it very interesting and intriguing that I'll be able to place a bet on the race today, which is something I might do. Um, so we're going to talk to Brant. And uh, if that's something you've become more interested in, I'd love to hear about that at 803-0551-888-550-2550. In fact, anything you want to talk about concerning the Daytona 500, the phone lines are open here this morning at 803-0550. Your predictions for today's race, your season predictions, your championship four picks, your championship, you want to call your shot on who's going to win the NASCAR Cup Series title this year. Uh, that is all on the line. Uh, have you placed a, a wager on the Daytona 500? Who, who have you got your money on? Or do you have a certain system for uh, placing bets? Or just uh, your fantasy picks, too. And don't forget to sign 
sign up for our WGR Fast Track Fantasy League. Uh, if you are looking for the info on that, you can just go to our Twitter account at Fast Track 550 on Twitter and uh, pinned right to the top of my Twitter account is the link and the info on to sign up for our WGR Fast Track Fantasy League. I think we've done that every year we've been on the air uh, for 14 years. We've had a fantasy league of some kind. We've bounced around from different games. We started on Yahoo, and then they shut theirs down. And now we're over at uh, drivergroupgame.com, and you can play along with us uh, this season. Just go sign up at drivergroupgame.com. Search for uh, the WGR Fast Track League, and then the password to join is WGR550 with WGR in lowercase. So uh, your fantasy picks as well today. As we take a look at the uh, starting lineup for today's 62nd annual Daytona 500, the great American race on the pole after winning the pole last week during time trials, Ricky Stenhouse, who, of course, is driving for JTG Doherty Racing this year. He's in the 47 instead of the 17, and uh, he is on the pole with his Chevrolet alongside a fellow Chevy driver from Hendrick Motorsports, Alex Bowen. They'll be on the front row today, and two very good picks, uh, I would say, if you're, if you're setting up your fantasy lineups. Um, as I said, with Howard on Friday morning, uh, Ricky is kind of on my list of three guys I'm picking today, if he can survive, because we know how aggressive Ricky Stenhouse can be. Um, you know, if he can get be there at the end, he'll definitely have a shot to win today from the poll. Uh, row two is the two gentlemen that won the dual races on Thursday evening, Joey Logano who is a former winner of this race, former cup champion. He's got a new crew chief this year. He is on the inside of that second row in the uh, Shell Pennzoil Ford for Roger Penske, alongside William Byron, who is uh, in intriguing pick, to say the least. Um, another young Hendrick Motorsports driver like Alex Bowman. He did a phenomenal job, I thought, pulling away in the late stages um, of that dual race on Thursday, you know, kind of fighting off the challenges from behind. And, you know, is this going to be a big year for William Byron? I believe this is year three for Byron in the Cup Series. And is this his opportunity with the also the impending uh, retirement of um, of uh, Jimmy Johnson after this season? You know, is this going to be a breakout year for William Byron as he rolls off from the number four spot today? Row three will be Eric Almirola and Jimmy Johnson, I just mentioned, who will be making his final start at least as a full-time driver in the day 2500. Never say never um, with him maybe running this race again someday, but definitely uh, will be his last as a full-time driver for Hendrick Motorsports. Row four, Ryan Newman. And uh, interesting stat about Ryan Newman, I was looking this up, in the last 10 races at Daytona, the driver with the Second best average finish position is Newman, actually, with a 13.6 just behind Denny Hamlin. So he rolls off seventh today for uh, the Roush Fenway team alongside Kyle Larson. Brad Keselowski, Kevin Harvick round out your top 10 starters today. Two uh, obvious potential favorites. Brad Keselowski's never won this race. Kevin Harvick has won it before. Uh, looking at the rest of the lineup, you've got Bubba Wallace, who, of course, had a great run in this event two years ago, finishing second to Austin Dillon. Cole Custer making his first Daytona 500 start. For Stuart Haas Racing, taking over the 41 car from Daniel Suarez. You've got then Austin Dillon, who I just mentioned, who won this race before. He starts 13th. Eric Jones, who won the Bush Clash on last Sunday, rolling a 14th. And, of course, Jones, uh, his battered number 20 Toyota uh, for uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, surviving that uh, wreck fest of a race last Sunday in the Bush Clash. That was a nightmare. And the uh, battered number 20 going to victory lane. Uh, Martin Truex starts 15th. Matt Benedetto in his first start for the Wood Brothers rolls off 16th. Christopher Bell uh, in his first Daytona 500 start 
for the uh, 95 team, the Levine Family Racing, he starts 16th. Kurt Busch, 18th. We've got Chris Busher in 19th. Denny Hamlin, the defending race winner in 21st. That's another one of my picks for today. Along with Stenhouse and Logano, he starts 21st. You've got Chase Elliott back in 25th. Ryan Blaney in 27th alongside Kyle Busch. Clint Boyer is back in 19th. Ryan Priest starts 31st today. And that's it for kind of notable names in the field. A couple drivers falling to the rear of the field include uh, Ryan Blaney, who's going to a backup car. His car was damaged in the duels on Thursday. Uh, Ty Dillon, Brennan Poole, Corey LaJoy, BJ McLeod all going to the uh, rear of the field for various um, reasons of engine changes, transmission changes, and the like. Uh, but that is a look at your starting lineup. And again, love to know your favorites, 803-0551-888-550-2550. Let's go to our first caller of the morning. Don is on the line. Don, good morning. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Doing well. All right. So well, here's my thoughts. The past few years, the uh, Toyotas and the Joe Gibbs Racing Toyotas in particular, they've been running roughshod over NASCAR, and uh, it seems like the only uh, – the Fords and Chevys are having trouble keeping up. And I think that today, especially, the only way the Chevys and Fords probably have a chance is if they all hook up together in that draft and try to, um, you know, overtake all the other Toyotas. Uh, do you think uh, that if that is that the only plan the Chevys and Fords have, or is there anything else that yeah. uh, they can do? Yeah, Don, thanks for the phone call. Um, you know, I think we saw it last year in their stricter play races. The team or the manufacturer, uh, the manufacturers, they do like to kind of stick to themselves. You know, all the Ford teams work together. All the Chevy teams all work together. When it comes to Toyota, there's 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 just five Toyotas in the field. I, I, it's pretty astonishing when you think about how well Toyota dominates the sport. There's only five Toyotas, the four Gibbs cars and the 95, Christopher Bell uh, in the Levine car, which is basically a satellite Joe Gibbs operation. So really, the, the odds are against the Toyotas when it comes to the restrictor plate races, I think. They're so well, they run so well, just about any other uh, circuit on the uh, NASCAR schedule. And uh, especially in the mile and a half tracks, you know, the, the, they're so dominant. But at the play tracks, they're kind of outnumbered. So what maybe comes to those crunch time situations, um, if there's enough cars running at the front of the field at the end of the race, you probably, odds on, are going to have more Chevys and Fours than Toyotas at the front of the field. So really, uh, you know, these Gibbs drivers are, are going to have to hope like a scenario like last Sunday at the Bush Clash when you had Denny Hamlin a lap down, literally pushing Eric Jones to the win, uh, they're going to need to you know, have a few guys running by the end of the race. If three of the four Gibbs cars are involved in wrecks during the race, uh, it's likely a Toyota is not going to come out on top today in the Daytona 500, whereas the Fords and Chevys have a lot more. In fact, the uh, breakdown uh, is as follows. There's 19 Chevys, 16 Fords, and five Toyotas. So yes, the Gibbs cars are strong and uh, that they and the Fords do have uh, front and back ends that are better for pushing in the draft. There just is not as many uh, Toyotas as it com compared to the Chevys and Fords in the field. So I think just from a number standpoint, uh, I wouldn't. While I like Denny Hamlin to the win the race today, you know it's going to have to be one of those days where a good portion of the field maybe gets decimated in, in wrecks throughout the afternoon to give uh, one of the Toyotas a shot today because really just the numbers aren't in their favor. And again, that's just a part of super speedway racing uh, in NASCAR these days, where um, you know the racing is very good when they're not 
you know, blocking themselves into wrecks. Uh, the uh, tapered spacer package, remember, we don't run restrictor plates anymore in NASCAR. Last year's Daytona 500 was the last restrictor plate race ever. They now run these tapered spacers. So the cars have more horsepower. I think it was like 440 horsepower with the restrictor plate versus, I think, the uh, tapered spacered engines. They run about 750 horsepower. Also, compared to last year's Daytona 500, they've got a lot more downforce, too. So really, these guys can run side-by-side side better than they have in the last few years in the Daytona 500. You'll see, you, I think you see, you'll see a lot less of when these cars like to side-draft, where the air gets taken off the, the rear of these cars and you see a guy spin out. You, you haven't really seen that. Uh, through the duels and the clash and all the wrecks and big ones as, as the term everybody likes to use you only see that when these guys start blocking each other and that has been the biggest issue in super speedway racing the last couple seasons it's not the car stability they are sucked right down to the ground with the amount of downforce and the horsepower they have so it's not air really causing these wrecks it obviously you know helps these cars to draft and everything and the the spoiler on these cars cutting a big hole in the air it's just the fact these guys block so much that it, it causes these uh, giant crashes that take out so many cars like we saw in the bush clash on sunday so well i like to say joey logano and brad kozlowski as well too are, are gr two great super speedway racers in, in the cup series a lot of times they're not there at the end because they're blocking them. They're trying to keep themselves in the lead. They're blocking so much that eventually they just get taken out. That happened specifically to Logano. Well, it was actually kind of funny how it happened last Sunday in the clash when Logano was trying to hold off Kyle Busch and Busch got into Logano and took Brad Keselowski with them. And it was interesting that three of the um, not least popular drivers, but I guess the three most polarizing drivers in the sport all got taken out in one fell swoop last week uh, in the Clash race. I like all three of those guys, but uh, so many people don't like them, and all three of those drivers, I think, have their fair share of haters, uh, finger quotes, that uh, they all got taken out in one wreck, but it just simply happened because Joey was trying to block. So, unfortunately, that's how you survive in super speedway racing is by blocking because these guys get a run. And I think we're not too far off of going back to the the old style of tandem racing that dominated just a few years ago in super speedway racing the the two the two car tandem it seems like that worked for Denny and Eric Jones last week in the clash and even if just a line of or two cars nose to tail is just as strong as a line of eight cars so um as going back to, uh, Donnie thanks for the phone call and uh, yeah the Toyota is definitely, again, talented drivers, great equipment, but it's a numbers thing, I think, today when you look at the Daytona 500. With that, we're going to go to the Western Hotline and bring in a gentleman we've had on this program a number of times wearing many different hats, and today he's wearing his kickinthetires.net hat. My good buddy Tim Packman is on the hotline, and he is live from Daytona. Tim, good morning. Happy Daytona 500, my friend. Good morning, and happy Daytona 500 to you as well. How are things at the World Center of Racing this morning? I'll tell you what, I, uh, you know, I've been here all week, and the other day I took a ride around the uh, track, and uh, the campsites are fuller than they've been in the last couple, three, four years, I'll say. Uh, fans are, like, jazzed up. The team owners are all jazzed up. There's a vibe going on. Some guy named Donald Trump's coming to watch the race for a little bit today. So um, it's, uh, it's electric atmosphere down here today. And uh, I'm watching the uh, the Fox pre-race, and Hootie and the Blowfish is there, too. Uh <laughs> Darius Rucker's yeah, there. Yeah, Darius just came in the media center. They gave him a guitar because he's a free race entertainment. Pretty cool. Uh, actually, uh, interesting point you bring up there right off the top because I've seen that a little bit. Too. Obviously, I'm not there, but just 
from reports and everything that people were saying even the interest in the truck in the Xfinity race was up compared to years previous. Obviously, they're not packing the place, but the, it seems like the interest level has gone up slightly this year, say in years past. Yeah, there are. I mean, you know, they did a lot of work, $400 million on the facility to get it better, so fans have uh, responded to that. And my, my promoter hat was on Friday and Saturday. I looked at the crowd, and they were both really good for uh, those races. And today's a sellout. They announced that on Thursday. It yep. sold out for the fifth year in a row, which I think bodes well, and that doesn't even count, you know, the fan zone and the campers and all the other people that are just, you know, hanging out in the fan zone. I uh, woke up at 4 o'clock this morning like a child on Christmas morning. I got ready at 5, and I was on track by 6 o'clock. So call me nuts, but you know what? It's the Daytona 500, and it's, uh, it's a great day to, uh, if you're a stock car fan, even a casual one, you got to tune in for what's going to happen today. Did you beat Bob Pockers to the media center? I was third. He was, it was Al Pierce and Bob Pockers and me. <laughs> That's always an accomplishment if you can beat Bob to the media center. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. <laughs> uh, you've been busy covering the events of Speed Weeks for KickingTheTires.net with Jerry Jordan and his staff. Uh, you got to talk to Clint Boyer and not only talk some racing, though, you talked a little bit of football with old Clint. Yeah, we had a, it's called a scrum, media scrum. They bring the drivers by and they have like a bicycle fence in between us. He's about talking about football and all of a sudden hitting. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. I said, because he came and visited the Bills a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So I said, I said, Clint has a long standing, loyal, suffering Buffalo Bills fan. What's it like to win a Super Bowl? And this one, oh, dude, and he started talking about it. He goes, I'm watching on social media. He goes, I'm not sure if I'm not part of the Bills Mafia. And he gave props to the fans and the team and everything, but it, it was interesting to you know have a, a praise for our team, you know, especially after his just won the Super Bowl. Yeah, the uh, post-Super Bowl uh, celebration by Clint Boyer, was, there were some pretty funny photos that came out of that. And, of course, uh, you're right. Uh, I was there when he was at uh, New Era Field a couple of years ago taking the tour with Steve Tasker. And his wife is a huge Bills fan, and I'm sure she was excited when he brought home that Boyer Buffalo Bills jersey. Uh, but one of the reasons why I bring up Clint Boyer is uh, he was doing, of course, the Xfinity Race broadcast yesterday with Brad Keselowski on Fox, uh, Fox Sports 1. And they had an interesting stat on the screen Um Guy, you know, Daytona 500 and guys adding that to their career resume. Of course, we had Daryl Waltrip take so many years to win it, and famously Dale Earnhardt, you know, his 20 year run to finally get one in 1998. Tony Stewart never won one. But the interesting stat they had uh, Martin Truex, Kyle Busch, Brad Keselowski, and Clint Boyer, and all four of these guys, they've run this race 12 to 15 times and have never won it. Uh, out of those four today, Tim, which do you think has the best chance uh, to maybe finally get that first Daytona 500 win? So watching as I have, it's been, uh, I would put them in this order. I'd go Boyer, and then I would go Truex as a favorite to be in the next one just because they were running so strong and good together. And the thing you're going to watch today, and I, don't, I mean, if it's more prevalent, I'm not sure, but the manufacturers are working together more than they have in the past. So you're going to see all the Fords hooked up, all the Chevrolets hooked up, and then the Toyotas will just kind of run together as best they can. But, you know, we all know when it comes down to three, two, or one to go, bye-bye, buddy, i got to go because this is the Daytona 500. And I don't blame him, and no one will blame him at all. Yeah, I uh, saw over on the uh, Kick on the Tires website, you uh, had a story ab- up about the Ford teams, and definitely between Stuart Haas and even the two Roush cars, uh, they've got a pretty good shot today. Yeah, they do. Uh, it's a numbers game um, with those guys. and they, they shared how they've been working together on the track and off the track and marketing uh, initiatives and everything. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they all team up. You know, it was Joey said the other day I would have won that that clash. I mean, the, the duel. If it wasn't for help from another Ford behind me, Matt DiBenedetto was working good with uh, Kevin Harvick, and DiBenedetto would be my 
my good feel uh, winner for today, my sentimental would be Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, Jimmy and his uh, final start here as a full-time cup driver, at least in the Daytona 500. How do you think their yep. season's going to go? Obviously, they missed the playoffs last year. It seems like Jimmy's going to be out for some redemption this season. Do you see the 48 team finding their way back to victory lane at some point in 2020? Well, the good thing is, you know, well, the bad thing last year, he had two crew chiefs, and mm-hmm. we all know he didn't run that well. And it wasn't for lack of desire or lack of uh, motivation, mm-hmm. but he, uh, you know, he came in the other day, and I asked him, uh, you know, how's it feel walking in, you know, knowing this is your last Daytona 500, and he said, I'm kind of taking it all in. I'm not getting, you know, too sentimental about everything, but I am appreciating it. And then I said, what gift don't you want? He goes, I don't want a rocking chair, and I don't want a uh, ponies as, a, as retirement gifts from track. But uh, he, his spirits are up. He's good. I talked to his dad the other day. He's like, man, he's calm, cool, collective. And that's the Jimmy I know that used to win races and championships. Tim Packman from uh, KickinTheTires.net joining us here on WGR's Fast Track. Tim, another uh, great story storyline really since last season in the NASCAR world has NASCAR been trying to get back to its roots. And when I say that, obviously grassroots racing, local racing, and they've really stepped up trying to tie back in the short tracks and everything. And, you know, so many guys with ties to the sport still running uh, sprint cars and modifieds, you know, guys like Kyle Larson and Ryan Priest and everything. Uh, It's really great to see that synergy from the industry. Yep, and they're 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 being totally open about it. They're like, look, we we need to get back in touch with our core base because, like, a lot of people that work on the sport, like from Buffalo, you know, myself, Chad Walder, uh, the the Hillman uh, group, you know, Ryan Priest's race at Lancaster, um, you know, he's not from there, but on all facets, like even drivers and crew members and everything, they all came. Most of them all came from a short track experience. Nowadays, a lot of the engineers come from uh, college because you know you're highly educated for what you do, but a lot of people. Are, are in the sport, came from the short track, and I think the connection they're trying to make is they need to step over those corporate people they were trying to get because the corporate people aren't really that interested, most of them. They're just here for the exposure. But I think the fans that they need to go back to are the ones that fill the seats and get the interest back in there. So I think what they're trying to do is really good, and the initiative has been fantastic, and I hope it uh, carries over the way it's supposed to. Uh, last thing before we let you go, my friend, uh, you've, as I said, you've worn a number of hats in this sport, and one of those was working for a NASCAR team, and it was a NASCAR team that won the Daytona 500. And I was at the track in 2004 uh, when Dale Jr. won that race, and you have me working with DEI. What is that experience like, being part of a Daytona 500 winning race team? It's uh, it's surreal because you, you sit there and you're, you're watching, you know, the race unfold, and you're with Dale Earnhardt Incorporated. And, you know, it was 16 years ago yesterday. That was the exact date that he won. And I'm not going to – I'm going to not lie. I'm wearing my Daytona 500 ring today because it's such a cool thing, and it's a special event. But when you're standing there – and I'll never forget, I was down there on the front stretch. We were trying to get Dale back in the car so we could go. And yesterday, I was like, Tim, get him in, get him in. I'm like, yeah, Dale. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, I stopped for a moment. I looked up in the stands, David. It's like a picture frozen in my mind forever. The fans were just going nuts. Mm-hmm. And you look up in that seat and you're like, oh, my gosh, what a moment. I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. But it's pretty special, and that's something you can say for the rest of your life. You know, you were part of a uh, 500 championship team. I was in – I got – Mike Paz got me in the tower for the end of the race because by then George W. Bush had left, speaking of presidents at the race. Yeah. Uh, so I was able to sneak up there with Mike. So I remember looking down and seeing you guys celebrate down there. It was a pretty cool moment from the other side yeah. of the track, too. Yeah, it was. It was pretty cool. Tib, appreciate the time. Always, my friend, enjoy the race today, and uh, we'll uh, continue to look forward to more of your coverage over at kickinthetires.net.
appreciate it. It's fun to be a writer again. Thanks for everybody up there that's been reading them and uh, all your kind notes and everything. And Jade, keep doing the great job that you do for uh, auto racing there in Western New York. All right, Tim, take care. Have a good one. That's Tim Packman again, kickingthetires.net. Uh, Jerry Jordan heads that site up. We've had Jerry on the show in the past. Uh, they do a great job with uh, a whole cachet of writers down there covering things. Uh, you can follow Tim on Twitter, too, at uh, TPAC64. And uh, he has uh, done a number of different things in the sport, including, as I said, worked for Dale Earnhardt Incorporated in 2004. And he loves he loves showing off that Daytona 500 ring, and it, it is uh, pretty cool to see it in person. We get back uh, here on this Daytona 500 preview edition of WGR Fast Track. We'll take more of your phone calls at 803-0551-888-552-550. Your picks to win today, your championship predictions, your fantasy lineups, uh your bets on the race today, we'd love to hear that. Or just how do you have a Daytona 500 tradition? Do you throw a party? Do you have a bunch of friends over? What do you like to do to enjoy uh, the great American race? Also, when we come back, Brant James from bookies.com as we talk a little bit about sports wagering when it comes to NASCAR. That's coming up next here on Fast Track on WGR. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Joey Logano there with uh, new crew chief Paul Wolf today. Brett Keselowski's former crew chief. And again, Joey will roll off third in today's Great American Race after winning the uh, dual race on Thursday night. The two uh, twin uh, races that set the... Uh, starting order for the Daytona 500 outside of the front row, which, of course, locked in during time trials last Sunday, which is why Ricky Stenhouse and Alex Bowman will lead the field to green as a green flag coming up at about 318 this afternoon uh, for the Great American Race, the 62nd running of the Daytona 500. Uh, 1130 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. It's Dave Buchanan and WGR's Fast Track. Again, you can uh, tweet us at Fast Track 550. We're also over on Facebook, facebook.com slash WGR Fast Track. Uh, some of the other action from Speedwakes Friday night, the Truck Series kicked off their season with their annual race at Daytona, and Grant Enfinger picked up the win after the typical uh, late race pileups that we see in Super Speedway Racing. Enfinger survived and edged out Jordan Anderson for the win, and Anderson, a great underdog story uh, who... Uh, grown up uh, short track driver uh, an underfunded team and uh, made a great run until Enfinger uh, held him off right at the line uh, and figured to win over Anderson, Cody Rohrbaugh, Derek Krause and Natalie Decker rounding out the top five and Natalie's fifth place finish the highest ever uh, by a female in the truck series uh, Stuart Friesen unfortunately who we had on the show here last week he was involved in one of those late race incidents with about six laps to go and finished back in 21st a lap down as his uh, Hallmark Friesen Racing Toyota uh, suffered significant damage late in the race, and uh, Stewart unfortunately coming home in 21st. A uh, number of the Truck Series frontrunners getting taken out in incidents throughout that race. Yesterday's Xfinity Series race, uh, Noah Gragson picking up the win for uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and JR Motorsports, his first win in the Xfinity Series.
series. Harrison Burton, the son of Jeff Burton, finishing second for Joe Gibbs Racing. Timmy Hill in third. Brandon Jones, another Gibbs driver in fourth. Chase Briscoe. Rounding up the top five, then uh, Justin Haley, Brandon Brown, Ray Black, Ryan Sieg, and Alex uh, LeBay. Uh, rounding out the top ten in yesterday's Xfinity Series race. And uh, again, survival of the fittest here in the super speedways. But um, definitely uh, some exciting racing in the Xfinity race. Uh, the parts I got to watch yesterday, Jeb Burton had a good run. Uh, he has got a, uh, a short schedule with JR Motorsports this season, uh, driving the eight car. Of course, uh, Jeb, the son of uh, Ward Burton. Uh, cousin to Harrison Burton, who finished second in the race. And uh, Jeb had a very dominant car, won a stage or two yesterday, and looked to have a shot until he got caught up in uh, an incident. Uh, and got to feel bad for uh, Justin Allgaier, who was uh, Jeb's uh, JR Motorsports teammate. There was a crash ahead of Allgaier on the track. I think it was a single-car spin. If, uh, yeah, Josh Balicki spun. And Allgaier was battling for the lead, and uh, they had uh, the two uh, the lead pack cars coming up a couple of slow lap cars, and uh, I can't remember who, I think Briscoe might have been the other car. And uh, they were trying to slow up, uh, coming up on these lap cars. And Allgaier just got boxed in and drove right into the back of, I believe it was uh, the 51, just drove right into the back of him and took out Allgaier yesterday. You feel bad for Justin uh, after he uh, looked to be uh, have a shot to win it and just uh, bad luck getting boxed in behind a lap car, trying to slow to, to avoid another spinning car, took him out of the race yesterday. But... Uh, a wild one there in the Xfinity race on uh, Saturday. Again, 803 uh, One thing I haven't talked about, and, and I talked about some of the changes going into the season uh, on last week's show, but it is today. It's a, the NASCAR Cup Series, not the Monster Energy, Nextel, Sprint, Winston Cup. Nope, it is just the NASCAR Cup Series this year as uh, NASCAR going without a overall title sponsorship. They do have four partners that are kind of like – uh, f- for those of you that know about the Sabres Gold Ring Partners, uh, NASCAR kind of has that in the same way with brands like Geico and Xfinity and Coca-Cola and one other one that escapes me at the moment. But it, So it's just called the NASCAR Cup Series, and in fact, they've even renamed the uh, trophy that the driver gets for the championship at the end of the year. It looks a lot like the same trophy that uh, Monsters handed out the last couple of seasons, but it, it luck- I, I love that they called it the Bill France Cup. I think that's a great touch honoring the founder of the sport but a part of the new era here in 2020 in NASCAR. But we're going to go to the Western Hotline right now. And speaking of new eras, we're going to bring in from bookies.com. He's also written for ESPN and Sports Illustrated and USA Today. Brant James joins us on the hotline. Brant, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. It's been a while, but it's great to talk to you once again. Yeah, you too, Dave. How's everything going today? Doing really well. Excited for today's race. And I say it's a new era because, Brant, for those of us here in New York State, uh, it's the first Daytona 500 where we can uh, legally place wagers on the race uh, right here in our state. Yeah, it's interesting. We keep hitting these uh, these milestones in the sports betting industry when you cover the, okay, you know, it's, it's the first World Series or the first Super Bowl. And another really big one's going to be the first NCAA tournament. Yep. Because that's a, that's a huge market that, that folks love to play. But, yeah, um, it, it's going to be pretty interesting to see, uh, you know, what the fans uh, up in your neck of the woods uh, do if they're going to partake in it. I, I, um, I'm, I don't have uh, the map of all the casinos and sportsbooks memorized, but I think there is one right there in downtown Buffalo. I think it should be pretty close. It should be pretty convenient. Um, be interesting to see if the folks uh, 
take a little trip down there and uh, put a couple bucks on Kyle Busch or Denny Hamlin or whoever they have a feeling about it. it it's, uh, it's all part of being a fan now. Yeah, for reference, uh, the Seneca Nation, uh, they have three casinos here in what we call the Western New York area, which all have sports betting. The one in downtown Buffalo, as you mentioned, the one up in Niagara Falls, which is also close to where I'm sitting at the moment. They also have one uh, down in the southwest corner of New York State. But really, Brand, I could leave here in the studio, go 20 to 30 minutes north or 20 minutes west downtown, and yeah, uh, have access to either of those facilities. Uh, but obviously, NASCAR is a, a different type of animal, I guess, when it comes to wagering. You know, it's not just two teams facing each other it's 40 individuals and um how much of a challenge is that for the the uninformed better when it comes does that scare scare some betters away when they can't just pick team a or team b they've got to choose one of 40 on who they think they're going to win yeah i think it's really interesting i wrote about that in my uh story uh, for bookies.com today if if you are you could analyze this race and, and this is even more particular to uh, Daytona and Talladega. Mm-hmm. You could analyze this race down to all the details. You could sleep with the loop data going through your head. You could have <laughs> this figured out. You, you could figure out who hasn't made anybody mad through speed weeks. You could figure out who's got the best motor, who's got great teammates, who's got alliances, who's going to get a push. And then two-thirds of the way through the race, someone's tire blows or some knucklehead screws it all up and puts them into the wall, and there goes your, your most brilliantly analyzed uh, bet, and it's all over. But uh, this may be great for just casual fans, too, who love the sponsor or have a, a, a feeling about the number on, on a car. It's their lucky number. Or, <laughs> you know, gra- Grandpa loves this guy. You know, whatever. <laughs> it, but it, it, as you said, it's extremely hard. It's not betting the Bills or the Sabres because they've been good or bad or they, you know, they match up well or don't against a, a particular team. It, mm-hmm. It's 40 versus 40, and uh, a lot can go wrong, especially at Daytona. Luckily, there's a lot of different ways, much like uh, the, the side bets or the uh, the prop bets like you would do in, say, in a football game. There's a lot of different ways to wager in NASCAR. Not only can you pick a guy to win, you can pick top three, top five, top ten. Uh, I, the, the Seneca Nation, they're offering, it's a yes-no bet if they're going to finish in the top six. They've got driver mm-hmm. head-to-head matchups. There's a lot of way to, a lot of different ways to have fun with it. There is a lot, to, a lot of ways to do it. I mean, just looking at the... The, the, who's going to win? I mean, you can bet win, as you said, or you can bet top three. In, in essence, you can make uh, a car race, a horse mm. race. Um, you know, uh, Unibet had uh, Kyle Busch at plus 900 to win, and I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, he's, he's got to get one eventually, I, I guess. You know? <laughs> um, but, you know, it's him versus everyone else, so those, those are pretty good odds. And But, you know, the finished top three is, is plus 250. Obviously, you're not going to get uh, the, the value on that as you would for the win. But, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to do. Um, you can bet uh, who's going to win certain stages. Uh, you can bet who's going to be uh, the top team, who is going to be the best driver within a team, mm-hmm. uh, within a manufacturer. And the ones that I think are, are fascinating, the ones that I think are going to catch on in the future, if the uh, if the in-race, which is the equivalent of the uh, you know the in-game betting, um, if, if New York uh, eventually gets, gets the mobile betting, which I think would really make it take off there and probably pull some money back from New Jersey, but different topic, is the driver versus driver. Uh, you can begin the race and you can just, okay, is Chase Elliott going to be better than Denny Hamlin? And you could put a couple bucks on that. And in the future, and this is a technolog- technological issue too, because you know it's like the delay with what you see on your screen. It might have happened 30 seconds ago with the, the signal bouncing off the satellite and making sure no one showed a body part or said something <laughs> inappropriate that the that TV network doesn't want America to see. Once they get that technology synced up, 
uh, it'd be pretty fascinating if, um, you know, your guy driver A is a door slamming driver B and uh, you're trash talking a fan of driver B and you're just sitting there putting a buck on it. All right, well, my guy's going to beat you now. And, and <laughs> there, there's so many different things that could happen in the future. And I know from talking uh, to the traders uh, at the sports book and, and with NASCAR too, uh, you know, they've got an executive in charge, managing director of gaming, Scott Warfield. Mm. Uh, they are super interested uh, in the technology and the interest level getting to the point where, they can present that to the fans, entertain the fans on a different level, and maybe get other folks come to watch NASCAR because, you know, they, they got two bucks on it. Yeah, actually, that was the next thing I was going to ask you about as uh, Brant James from Bookies.com joins us, is the fact that NASCAR is embracing this with open arms. Uh, they've made a lot of deals. They've got to deal with Penn National. They've, they've made some other deals when it comes to the digital betting. Um, th- to, to make a pun out of it, this is something NASCAR is placing a bet on, so to speak, to uh, to try, as you said, gain more interest in the sport. That you know the, yeah. the, the, the track in Kansas with the casino built right there, this is something NASCAR is really pushing for. Yeah, that was fascinating. I'll follow your gambling pun with another one. And NASCAR is definitely all in on this. <laughs> they, um, they, touche. Right, I'll, I'll stop now. Yeah, stop. It really. It's, it's actually you, you forget as an aside how many gambling references there are in just everyday languages. <laughs> you notice it when you write about it. It's like I wasn't trying to be really touche, but anyway, yes, yeah, NASCAR is interested. Uh, every league, uh, every television network is very interested to see where legalized sports betting takes the entertainment industry, the sports industries. Um, you know, TV ratings for all sports are, are fluctuate. Baseball's got problems. Uh, the NFL had a, a bounce back. And, of course, a lot of sports betting entities uh, make note, hey, that the ratings are back up the last two years. That's when legal sports betting was starting to spread across the country. But mm-hmm. engagement tool is the, is the term we hear. The NFL used it. The NBA does a great job with it. Uh, the thought being... Um, you're, you're going to watch if you've got a bet on it. Um, if you, you know, if, if your Major League Baseball team isn't so good, but you you bet the over on a on the game, you're probably going to hang out and, and see if they get it, and know if you're five bucks richer before you go to bed. And what, while you're doing that, you're going to see all those beer commercials and all those <laughs> car commercials, and that makes the sponsors happy, and that just makes the heart just burst out of the television network that's bringing that to you. And NASCAR is exactly the same way. Yeah, another sport that I'm involved with that you might probably not know little about indoor lacrosse, uh, the National Lacrosse League. They, yeah, they've just signed a partnership with BetMGM. In fact, uh, I I do our broadcast for the local team here, and BetMGM sponsors the inactives for the game at the start of our broadcast now. Yeah, that that's a, a lot of the the non Big Four leagues have done that. Uh, the XFL uh, is is very vested in it. ESPN is showing. Uh, betting information uh, right on the screen. Interestingly, Fox is not showing as much, and they are actually a, platform, a betting platform operator through Fox Bet. I, I don't quite understand the, the separation there, but yeah, um, leagues assume that you know if it shows up on someone's um, you know mobile betting app when you get that in New York, um, it's, it's like oh, well, they might check it out. But what is indoor lacrosse? Uh, yeah. I'm going to watch this on television. I'm, I'm hey, I like this. I'm going to go buy a shirt. I'm going to buy a ticket. I'm going to buy a beer. And again. The hearts just burst out of the uh, of the team because more fans. Well, Brent, let's let's get to the point. Well, probably everybody's hoping that they're still listening to us about, and that is who should they put money on today for the Daytona 500? Like you said, you've got a piece up today at bookies.com. You've got some favorites. You've got some long shots. Uh, who should people possibly be putting some uh, money down today in the Daytona 500? Yeah, I mean, Denny Hamlin has been so good there, but people just don't repeat. I mean, it was, it was Sterling Marlin back in the 90s, I think, <laughs> was the last one to, to go back-to-back. Back. Kyle Busch is just so darn good, and it's just so obvious to pick him. He's got to get one. Uh, so, 
that that's who I'm going with. Um, if you say his name out loud um, enough times, he's eventually going to win a race and make you look smart. So <laughs> that, that's who I think. Uh, I think you buy the the Jimmy Johnson one just because NASCAR has uh, has that crazy knack for making the sentimental storyline come uh-huh. true. Sometimes I mean he's not wink wink, wink not nudge really nudge showing a yeah you know what I mean there. <laughs> he's not necessarily instilling a whole lot of faith in me. But you know if Jimmy doesn't win the Daytona 500, well. It's, Maybe it's not his last if he does a part-time gig or whatever. Uh, save that as a souvenir and put it in a cheap little frame and, and put it on the wall. But uh, Eric Jones, I, I think it plus it was he was plus twenty eight hundred last time I looked. That was a Unibet, and that's an intriguing one. I wasn't going to go Kyle Busch. I was I was thinking about Eric Jones. I uh, I Chase Elliott. He's uh, he's gone from plus one thousand. Now he's up to plus fourteen hundred. I, I know he hasn't had a strong speed weeks, but uh, that that one's that one caught my eye. That that's not bad. I mean, that's the fascinating thing about racing odds. Is, is again, it's because it's like the entire NFL playing against each other at the same time. I mean, you're, you're not going to run into. You just can't see a driver be like a minus 500 favorite in a race, even with the way that some drivers dominate mm-hmm. a certain track, like a, a Harvick in at, at Phoenix, or yep. you know, back in the day, or something like that. You just can't see it because you know a lug nut or a tire or just some dummy puts him in the wall. And it, <laughs> you know. Something bizarre happens. Who knows? You just don't know. So that it, it, that that's why I think that the sports betting angle can really help uh, NASCAR. It hasn't really ticked the needle too much at this point. It's definitely down in the in the other category. When um, uh, we do the wonky reports about how much people are betting in states, they break it down by sport. And uh, football is always the king, and we'll stay that way for the foreseeable future. NASCAR is down in the other category. But even for people that aren't NASCAR fans, the people who think they're pro bettors or, or just avid bettors, if they could figure this out a little bit, kind of get in the ballpark, mm-hmm. they could find some value with guys in these races with these on up. Fascinating stuff. I could probably go another 15 minutes with you, but I'll let you go. Uh, BrantJamesBookies.com. Uh, check out his uh, Batter Beats podcast as well, too. He's got a, an episode up right now about NASCAR. Brant, great catching up. I've loved having you on the show throughout the years. Thank you so much for your time this morning, and uh, hopefully we can talk again soon. Anytime, always fun. Have a great day. Have a great afternoon. You too. Brant James from bookies.com. You can follow him on Twitter too, at Brant James. And again, uh, the Batter Beats podcast, uh, he does as well too. Uh, definitely some interesting stuff. Um, seriously, I'm literally go, getting off the air, uh, going to pick up a friend and putting some, put just for fun, you know, n- not going crazy, uh, just putting a couple bucks down on a couple guys today, just for fun. Just some added incentive on top of, you know, fantasy and just uh, who you like to cheer for every day. Just now that it's, legal to do i know lots of people have bet for years and there's apps and websites and everything and um you know but i'm not that i'm a i'm a, I'm a pretty black and white guy when it comes to the law so but now that it's legal and easy to do here in, in new york state i'm gonna have a little fun with it i hope you do too hope you enjoy the race today uh we come back we're gonna wrap up this daytona 500 preview edition of fast track we're gonna talk a little bit about some of the other racing that's gone on at speed week some drivers from up in western new york and southern ontario they've also picked up some checkered flags uh, down in the state of Florida. We're going to talk about that too. And still time for your phone calls at 803-0551-888-552-550. We get back here on Fast Track on WGR. I saw a funny tweet from a driver. I don't remember whom now. During uh, the media day for the Daytona 500. And the, the driver said, I, I can't remember how many times today I've said, hi, my name is. Uh, because the drivers record these for different media outlets and they just have to repeat themselves over and over again. So I got a kick out of that knowing we have these these little bumpers that the uh, MRN sent to us uh, last season. Speaking of MRN radio, 
uh, the voice of NASCAR. You can hear their coverage of the Great American Race today, but it's over on our sister station, ESPN 1520. Uh, live flag-to-flag coverage starts at 1.30 this afternoon with pre-race coverage. Again, green flag not till 3.18, thanks to a certain special guest that is going to be at the track today. Uh, but MRN's coverage starts at 1.30 this afternoon over on ESPN 1520. I Literally, Kyle, our producer, Kyle Powell, who's producing today, told me that during the break because I knew it wasn't going to be on our station today, but great to hear that it is on ESPN 1520. Uh, We've got Sabres Maple Leafs tonight on WGR. Pre-game coverage starts at 6 o'clock. Brian's on vacation. I saw him. He's golfing in Florida. He's at the wrong part of the state today. Uh, I'm assuming Pat's going to be anchoring our coverage this uh, this evening of uh, Sabres Maple Leafs. So you've got that on the radio as well today, too. Uh, Final segment here as we... uh, we will uh, hand things off to ESPN Radio at the top of the yard, but again, one thirty. flip over to ESPN 1520 for the Daytona 500. As is the tradition during Speed Weeks, not only is there action at the big track in Daytona, a lot of the short tracks in and around that's part of Florida were running all week long. Uh, obviously, uh, the Volusia uh, Raceway Park on the dirt side of things and New Smyrna Speedway on the pavement side of things for the World Series of uh, short track racing and some drivers with connections to the area. Had some pretty good weeks down there. Over at New Smyrna, Wednesday night might have been the race of the week. Anthony Nosella and Matt Hirschman, who we've had on here a number of times, regular on the Race of Champions Series, they had a photo finish in the modified race. I believe it was Wednesday night. And Nocella got the win. Uh, you look at some of the photo and video, and it's almost too close to call. Uh, and the officials awarded the win to Nocella, an exciting side-by-side race. They ran the last three laps side-by-side, wheel-to-wheel, uh, right to the end. And Nocella edged Matt Hirschman for the victory. That was pretty exciting. Thursday night, Patrick Emerling from Orchard Park, New York, he picked up the victory in, in the modified race there with uh, the L2 Autosport team and Mike and Jan Leedy and, and the crew. Uh, they got the win Thursday night. And then Friday night in the Richie Evans Memorial 100, Matt Hirschman got a little bit of redemption and won that race. And Tyler Ripkema, who's from Owego, New York, and runs the Race of Champions Series, uh, he finished second in that race too. So some good, exciting modified racing down there at New Smyrna over at the dirt track in Volusia. Uh, the Super Dirt Car uh, Big Block Modifieds in action. And Matt Williamson from St. Catharines, who, of course, won last year's Super Dirt Car Series Championship. Uh, he had a great run last season with the Buzz Chew team, the 88 car. Uh, they won at Oswego during Super Dirt Week, and they won the Super Dirt Car Series Championship. He's off to a good start. He won the first night of Modified Racing. Then uh, he won last night as well, too, to close out the week at Volusia. So he got two wins, but sandwiched between those two wins by Williamson was a uh, three-straight run by uh, Lightning Larry White in the uh, uh, Gypsum Express team. Uh, He picked up three straight wins last week, and uh, he edged out Matt, among others, uh, for the Super Dirt Car uh, Speed Weeks Championship down there and got to hold the big gator in victory lane down there at Volusia. But uh, Matt off to a good start. Uh, so he'll defend his Super Dirt Car Series title, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll be back Friday nights at the Big R2, uh, challenging, challenging uh, Ryan Soucy, Pete Bicknell, and Eric Rudolph uh, once again in 2020. Eric Rudolph picked up a win uh, the week before at the Alltech Raceway with the Short Track Super Series, and Eric had a couple of good runs uh, with the Super Dirt Car Series as well, too. So great to see some drivers from this area having some success. I know the uh, on the pavement side, the Catalano family, Unfortunately, they had their fair share of headaches uh, dur- during the week between uh, Tommy and Tyler and their mom, Amy. Uh, they had some engine issues, and then Tommy even uh, you know, had to get a, a, a borrowed a ride to run the Richie Evans race on Friday night, teamed up with uh, uh, one of the other teams down there because they had so many issues, unfortunately, during 
their speed weeks down there at New Smyrna, just more mechanical stuff than anything, I believe. But uh, they were among the uh, Western New York, Central New York contingent that went down there to uh, Florida. Now they're all trucking their way back here up north, uh, back to winter. So uh, enjoy the race today. Again, my picks, uh, Logano, Hamlin, and Stenhouse. One of those three is there, with about five to go. That's who I would uh, be picking to win. Um my championship four, I'll just say that. Uh, I won't go through the whole 16, but I think the four to race for the championship this, this season are going to be, it's going to be Bush and Hamlin again, and then I think Harvick is going to be there. And uh, I think Chase Elliott is going to, uh, I think Chevy's going to have a better year. I think the, the new body work for the Camaro is going to help them out uh, uh, definitely this season. So that's going to be my championship four, and I'm going to say Denny Hamlin is finally going to win a championship this year. I think 2020 is going to be his season to win a title. We'll see if that holds nine months from now when the season wraps up in November. It's a great time of year. Uh, looking forward to it. While you're watching the race today, be sure to tweet us at Fast Track 550 with your thoughts on the race. And we'll break it all down next Sunday with another edition of Fast Track back here in WGR. We'll talk to you then. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.